This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. This is episode 75 of the Fedora Chronicles radio show. John Pike and I, Eric Renderking-Fisk, talk about the lost art of manliness, adrenaline addiction, and the growing phobia towards fear in our society. We will also address how we cure the fear of being afraid in future tutorials we'll host on future episodes. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. With everything that's been going on in, in the realm of politics and whatnot, mm-hmm. everything that's going on, and I'm not going to mention any political names or party affili- affiliations whatsoever here. I want to leave it kind of as vague as possible. Yes. But the thought had occurred to me, because we re- reviewing a future show, we're going to, we're going to put Key Largo um, and the compare and contrast with... Uh, with Miller's Crossing aside for another week, because we have some other other issues to talk about, as as it were. And one of the issues that has come up here is the whole nonsense with with um, politicians and pol- political officials and CEOs acting acting be um, acting badly, as it were, and. I was thinking about this, and there was once a time where as if someone acted inappropriately, like some of these other famous people have been accused of behaving, their husbands or their dads or their big brothers would just barge right into their offices, and they would just just punch that person right in the face. Or, or men wouldn't do stuff like that in danger of getting punched in the face, or even worse, if things like that happened. And I'm wondering, is that kind of is that kind of overprotective machismo tolerable in this day and age? Well, I can think of a lot of people that need a good solid punch in the face or in the throat or kick in the ass. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we have lost something in that regards. Because there was a time there. there yeah, I mean, there's there's consequences for actions, and sometimes the consequence is getting your lights punched out. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm wondering, and we can't, and we don't dare blame feminism for this, and there, I don't think that there's any room to blame feminism with this. But this this past summer, we were part of a discussion with somebody who used to be pretty popular in the diesel punk universe, as it were. And I had said something that really offended a lot of people. And a lot of people were taken aback, and they said that I, I, I crossed a line. And I had said that something has happened to masculinity in, in modern culture 
Whereas men are incapable of doing some of the most basic tasks, such as changing a tire. Because the day before we started this epic battle royale with this guy who used to, he's dropped out of the realm of diesel punk. You know, it took me half a second to figure out who in the world you were talking about. Really? That's good. That's good. But I mean, yeah, but now I know. Continue on. And I remember going to the liquor store because I like my scotch once in a while. Um, And there were these guys who um, were dressed in the um, modern male um, American uniform, cargo pants, T-shirt, flip-flops, who were parked along the side of the road with a flat tire. And they didn't know they didn't know what to do, <laughs> you know, they, they they were looking at it like it was this alien artifact that they found out in the woods somewhere. And, um, and I thought to myself, well, that's because th- when I learned how to drive, the first thing I learned how to do was change a tire. Even be even before my dad let me sit behind the wheel of the car, he taught me how to change a tire and check the oil check all the fluids you put in windshield wiper fluid and i for some reason i was just inspired to just turn around and just ask the guys hey what's what's going on you guys need help this is yeah we we don't know what to do with this flat tire and i, and I said what do you what are you guys going to do are you guys going to like, call a garage and i said well we don't we don't have any phone numbers for a for a uh for a garage or a tow truck. And I was like, oh my God, what would these guys have done if I, if I didn't stop and, and pull over and ask them if they were okay? And um, so, of course, the thing is, I helped them unload the back of, back of their little uh, SUV, the little shoebox SUV, and um, sort of gave them a tutorial on how to change a tire. And it was just like it was you you would have thought I was David Copperfield, how I magically changed this tire. And it was like there was this kind of like ta-da moment when it's like I put the jack down and they were like, oh, my God, that's like amazing. How did how did it how did this become where it's like uh, I, I'm, I'm sitting here almost speechless at this story this sounds so incredulous and so fantastical that it's hard to believe yeah because even if you've never changed a tire do do have we not had lessons in this at least from pop culture and television if you've watched any amount of television You've seen someone change a tire. You you know, classic movies. like, we're talking about the Christmas season coming up. Christmas story. One of the pivotal scenes in the movie is around changing a tire. Yeah. How is it that someone can go... Look, I'm not even talking about someone being taught how to do it. I'm just saying, how can someone even go through life and live in modern society and not have at least seen the process of changing a tire. Yeah. 
and and I can't I can't point to a point in time, Eric, where my dad taught me to change a tire. Yeah, I I don't remember, you know, learning that lesson. I remember doing it. Yeah, and maybe maybe I just did it. Maybe I just knew enough and had enough resourcefulness to figure it out. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean that's horrific that that we have lost some basic survival skills. Right. And, you know, I I don't know what the cause of that is. I think maybe it is in part because um, we, we have so many conveniences and so many luxuries, we don't have to necessarily have the same degree of survival skills that, you know, our fathers and grandfathers did. Yeah. You know, when's the last, and maybe I'm asking the wrong person, but when's the last time you had to go out hunting for your, your meal? Not too long ago. Have to. Not too long ago. I mean, I don't know if you hunt or not. Oh yeah. I have hunted and I fished. Okay. I hunt and fish. I, I used to, I used to go hunting with my dad when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, we used to go hunting for pheasant. Uh, we, we lived beside this big field and, you know, we had the, the retriever and, you know, the whole thing. It was a ball. But <clears throat> I, I've not gone hunting since I was five years old. And, I, you know, my meat comes from the grocery store in, <laughs> yeah. in cellophane. Yeah, and it's not that I'm opposed to hunting. I, I don't particularly enjoy it. I'm not opposed to it, but um, I, you know, I, I would. I don't know that I would be a good hunter. You know, and and I think there are a lot of men and women, for that matter. Let, you know, let's not exclude any gender. Right, because who, my my wife knows how to change a tire. Let's just be clear. My yeah, wife knows how to change yeah. a tire. Yeah, but you know, I would dare say there's there's a large percentage of our population who have never even considered the survival skill of hunting. Yeah, because they don't need to, and you know, I I I look at my son, my 17 year old son, and sometimes you know, I, I feel like he's being coddled a little bit. A little, yeah, like you. You know, we've made it way too easy on our kids. Um, you know, they, they need to be challenged a little bit more. And, um, you know, I, I don't know where the the helicopter parent, you know, mentality came from. Right. Here's- so I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't blame it on feminism. I would maybe blame it a little bit on political correctness. But more than that, I would blame it on helicopter parents moms and dads who molly coddle their kids and do everything with for them and and you know you know what i blame whoever invented this ridiculous idea of peanut allergies (laughs) listen here's another example when you and i were kids go ahead when you and i were kids how many kids in your school couldn't even look at a peanut without you know, going into asphyxiation. Zero. 
How often did that happen? Zero. It never happened when we were kids. Zero. And now you can't even bring peanuts into the school. What the hell has happened? Well, let me. I'm that's. I am, that's part of the problem. I am going to share with you another example, and I think it's going to make you absolutely, totally incredulous. My wife had to replace our refrigerator. And, of course, these two guys came with a truck to drop off the old, pick up the old refrigerator and drop off the other. I scared the crap out of one of the delivery guys when I hopped on the little mnemonic elevator that goes up and down that brings the heavy equipment from the, from the, from the, the back of the truck. And it's like when he tossed the strap, I grabbed the other side and I helped him rodeo it. And, and of course, he spoke in an accent. And I'm not going to insult anybody by um, trying to imitate his accent. He says, what are you doing? I says, I'm, I'm helping. And, and he says, and his English wasn't that good. He says, you're, you're what? I'm, I'm helping you. I, I'm helping you get the refrigerator out of the back of the truck and into my house. And he like looked at me like I had just told him, would you like to take a trip in my TARDIS? You would have thought that I showed him the third eye growing out from underneath my, uh, on my forehead underneath my fedora. And so his, his, once the refrigerator was inside, um, his brother had said, well, you, you need to, get a plumber to help you um, with the water supply from your sink, from underneath your sink to your, um, uh, the, 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 the water filter and the ice maker. And he handed me this hose. And I said, oh, all I need is an adapter and I'm all set. And then they looked at me like I was like, he's going to do it himself. You would have thought I would have said, I'm, okay, I'm gonna take I'm I'm gonna take this moped and I'm gonna jump the Grand Canyon. Watch, you want to watch? And it you, <laughs> and it was like they were like, what? What? You're gonna do it yourself? <gasps> and it was just like it's not a big deal. You can go to the hardware store and you can get one of those. It's a, it's 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 an adapter. It's just a piece of tube with another tube sticking out the side. <laughs> and you yeah. can, you just you just put them together. And it was just like you would have. I mean, it's it's not a big deal. I did it in five minutes after I drove to the hardware store and I bought the part. And I remember the thing is that it was just like, and I was talking about to the guy who was running the hardware department at the at this at the store, big huge box chain. Everybody's heard of it. It starts with an L. I think it's a five letter word or something. <laughs> and he said, "You cannot believe how many people have come in." looking for parts and then ask do you know the name of a good plumber do you know the name of a good electrician do you people hire out electricians or plumbers or you know or carpenters there are people who actually go to these hardware stores and they're not looking for parts for a shed they're looking to hire somebody <laughs> they think that there's somebody who works somewhere in the store they come over to your house and they build a shed or something like that and it was, and it was. We used to be a nation of builders, people who who would do things. 
And it was and, and looking at the, the the curriculum and what's going on at the high school, they don't have wood shop anymore. They don't have auto shop anymore. They don't have trade school shop things at any of the high schools that I know of. What do they teach you guys all day? Well, now my son's high school does have a vocational program. They, they do have those traditional programs. But you're right that there are a lot of schools that have done away with those programs and focused only on math and science. And look, there's nothing wrong with learning math and science, but not everyone is going to be a mathematician and not everyone is going to be a rocket scientist. We need people who can build things and, you know, figure out how to write, how to, how to, you know, lay pipe and route pipe around your, your, uh, foundation. You know, we need, we need hands and feet and yeah. not just, uh, theory and, and, and thought. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't know there. And you, you, you're right. We don't need to blame feminism, but don't you think, and this was, I think part of the crux of this earlier argument with the uh, other gentleman that you mentioned, don't you think that there has been over the last decade, a feminization of men? It was the emasculation of men. Men have been emasculated. Well, and I, I think people take offense at that term because it, you know, means something very specific, like <clears throat> kind of like misogyny is, you know, men, uh, you know, exerting their their power over women. Emasculation is the opposite. It is women exerting power over men. And I don't I don't necessarily think that's happened, but I think that somewhere along the line, men have have lost I don't know. They have become feminized yeah. in some regards. Yeah. And, 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 and that's a different thing than, than feminism. You know, fe- feminism is just, you know, supporting the, the power and celebrating the, the equality of women and, and, you know, providing equal opportunity and equal recognition. And I, I think that's a great thing, but, you know these these millennial and they're millennials. Let's let's be yeah. honest here. Yeah. These these millennial boys who don't know how to change a tire, they don't know how to turn off a water main. Yeah. Uh, look, and I'm not the handiest guy around. You know, when I have the when I can, I prefer to hire someone who is a professional. To make sure it's done right. Right. That doesn't mean I can't do it or that I won't do it. It's just that I know what my skill base is and where my comfort level is. You know, we were fixing up the house to sell it, and uh, there were there was a, uh, a, a an electric switch, a light switch, a wall switch yeah. that had broken, and we needed to replace it. Well, you know, we took off the faceplate and we. We were looking at it, and you know, all of a sudden it occurred to us, this is electricity. Yeah. We've never – and we, we were going to have to re- replace the entire box. It, and, and, you know, I was like, 
this could go really badly. Exactly. I, because I've never done it before. Right. I, and and there's not very much give. There's not very much slack on this wire. I, honey, I, I would feel a lot more comfortable hiring a professional to do this. <laughs> yeah, but. But. But but you know we we <clears throat> we finished our own floors. We put in our own drop ceiling. You know, uh, there were some plumbing things that we did ourselves under the sink, replacing some pipes, and uh, you know, you know, and, and it's just part of being an adult, I think. And and I think so many people have not been made to be adults because of these helicopter parents yeah. wanting to, to shelter them and protect them and to create an unrealistic bubble right. of security. And, and you know what? I think, I think at the end of the day, Eric, when we're faced with any situation, we need to ask ourselves one question. And this would solve everybody's problem. Before you do anything, ask this question. What would Dr. Jones do? <laughs> you read my mind. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> at the hardware store where I was working, um, and I, I've actually accepted another job offer elsewhere, which means more money and um um, and it's what I've, it's, it's what I love doing. It's, it's more graphic design. And the thing is, is that everybody called out sick because there was a flu virus going around. Um, and this is, I think it was like a, a week after Thanksgiving, maybe. Um, and, uh, was it, it was either, it was right or it, it was right around the time of it's either the week before or week after Thanksgiving. And, um, Listen, we got trucks lined up here looking for somebody who knows how to drive a forklift. Have you ever driven a forklift before, Eric? And I, I, I grabbed my fedora and I grabbed my jacket and I said, I'll be right over. And I'm going to tell you something. I did not know all the levers on the forklift. So there's some of them that are a bit of a mystery to me. I'm not going to lie to you. And wouldn't you know what? I showed up. And after five minutes, I was like, now I get it. Now I know why nobody wants to give up this job because this is, it's like, it's like a high testosterone go-kart that moves things. <laughs> and I kept thinking about something. It's either the author of Being Bond who has his own podcast, Being Bond, or Ian Fleming had said, it's in the reference of James Bond. And the philosophy from either the author who wrote the book, Being, Being Bond, or Ian Fleming himself, who wrote the James Bond novels, had said, do something that scares the crap out of you every day that you've never done before, and you will never run out of writing material. And that's kind of like the philosophy that I use every day. Like what have I? I've what have I've never done something before? I've 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 never airbrushed before. I picked up an airbrush. 
I taught myself how to airbrush. There are some tools like um, a table saw. Wait, wait, wait a minute! You you had never airbrushed before. You're a graphic designer. Yeah. What are they teaching you in art school? Oh, uh, you know, <laughs> how, how to use everything but and there's something some artists regard an airbrush as cheating. There are some circles that regard airbrush as cheating. Like if you use an airbrush, it's not really it's not really painting. I I say the exact opposite. I say I consider airbrushing another form of art that intimidates a lot of people. It's scary stuff because yeah, there's some there's some some mechanics involved, and you're atomizing paint into the air. It, there it's there is some science involved with this art. Um, oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I I started out as an artist in my early career and before I got bit by the entertainment bug and I did a ton of airbrush work it's awesome. because it was it was great to create um, you know these great gradations and effects yeah. for uh, comic illustration and um, you know I, I didn't know what real comic book artists were using at the time I just duplicated what they were doing with an airbrush yeah there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But then it's like when you get into this area of these taboos, like you're not supposed to do you're not supposed to do your own electrical work or your own plumbing because well, it's complicated. That's that's like otherworldly real man stuff. And if you if you stop and think about it, I mean again, it's nothing but somebody had to do it for the first time. They, that person must have been terrified. The first person who laid down pipe to move water must have been really desperate and really terrified when he did because we're dealing with a form of magic nobody's ever dealt with before. I'll, I'll, tell, you, I'll tell you who's really brave. Yeah. The, 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 the first guy to, to drink milk. <laughs> you, you, you think about this guy for a minute. Yeah. He's out in the field with his buddies. He's like... You see that growth underneath that cow? You squeeze it. I'll drink whatever comes out of it. That that's bravery, right? That's there. hunger, John. John. Or or that's hunger. <laughs> or the first guy to eat an egg. Next thing comes out of that chicken's butt. I'm gonna eat it. And 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 then try to convince your friends. Oh, it's good. It's good. Come on, try some. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Like the first guy to eat a truffle. I mean, that guy must have been starving to eat something moldy growing under a tree, under the dirt. Um, well, well, you know, he's out in the wild. He sees the pigs doing it. And he's like, hey, you know, if they like it, maybe there's something to it. And after a while, you get addicted to that adrenaline. Think of the one thing that scares the hell out of you. Just the idea of doing it gives you the cold sweats. And then you have to do it that day. Imagine how you feel when you come home afterwards out of doing something like that. Like skydiving terrifies the hell out of me. But I have it in my head that I'm going to do it before I'm 50. You think about all these little things that we sort of like, it just scare the heck out of us. Um, and yet some somehow people do it. There is this like, 
like like being like being like Alan Shepard. Being Alan Shepard must have been incredible, very intense, especially being the first American in space, knowing full well that seven out of ten of these rockets blew up on the launch pad before Werner Braun 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 says, I think we've got it. I think we've understood what the problem is. We just need an astronaut. We need a volunteer. Mr. Shepard, do you have your papers? <laughs> you know? And it was like Alan Shepard was like, hey, I'll, yeah, I'll go. And he showed up for work one morning and they, they put him in a capsule and and he wet his suit because they were like waiting too long to decide are we going to flip the switch or not. But I mean, knowing full well, this is dangerous. This is scary. This is a scary thing, and we've been it, it, we've been taught to fear fear. Think about it. you're afraid of being afraid. If you're afraid to like figure out how do you change a tire, how how do you how do you fix the sink? How do you how do you change a light fixture? I had to fix a light fixture because one of two of them shorted out in my house. One of them is two stories up off the ground. It's, ab- it's above the second floor window when I fix that light fixture. And there's this thing that happens when you do these amazing things and you're done with them. You have this bravado that you, c- you can't fake that bravado. Yeah, you're a little bit invincible. But I'll tell you, you, you can take... The, the two-story light change. I, I'm going to stay on the ground, thank you very much. Sure. But that's, th- this, is, this is also what, what got me into trouble so many times in the past. Whereas it's like, Eric won't do it. Er- Eric won't do that at all. What do you mean? What, what, what won't I do? Oh, you won't do it. Don't, don't bother, Eric. Don't bother. And I said, guys, come on. What, what, are, you, what are you talking about? Well... We all have a bet going. You see, you see that ab- abandoned factory building on Etsy Street. Yeah, I, I, I know it. The one that's been condemned for like twenty years. Yeah, I, I know it. You won't go in it, you, Eric. You won't go in it. Two minutes later, I'm inside, like you know, walking on broken glass and <laughs> and dodging cracks in the floor and stuff like that. Then there's the the voice outside. We know you're in there. Put your arms up over your head. Whoever's in there, come out. You're trespassing. You know, with that, with with the, with the police outside, with the with the bullhorn. And I was kind, of, I'm, and I was constantly doing that. Tell me what not to do, and I and and I would have done it. Tell me, don't where it says don't you know no trespassing. I would trespass. Do not enter. That's where I go. I used to have this thing. Jeez, you're such a punk. I know. <laughs> I was dressed like it was still the 1940s. <laughs> I wonder if there's a name for that. But I mean, and and there was this thing, and it was just like, and I have all these like neat little scar. Every scar on my hand tells the story. You know. I, I had this one scar on my hand where I was I was cleaning this this old old glass bottle that I found in one of my excavations into one of these abandoned buildings somewhere. And it's like you tell people these stories, you th- I, people think that I'm making them up sometimes because it is it's so outside the ordinary. 
And I feel like, you know, our Western society has lost something. And, and I'm, I'm struggling to figure out what it is. Is it, is it because... You know what it is? Go ahead. It, you know what it is? You know what we've lost? We've lost the Ronco do-it-at-home glass-cutting kit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, if nobody remembers this, when we were kids, you could buy a toy for kids that was a, a glass cutter. It would cut through bottles, and this was a a toy that I'm sure <laughs> many child was maimed using. I, I don't I don't remember anyone that I knew you know getting hurt, but I, I I'm pretty sure that's why they don't exist anymore today. But you know how how much how tougher would the world be? How tougher would guys be if their parents bought them the Ronco? glass cutting kit or lawn darts. as a toy lawn darts oh my gosh <laughs> lawn darts. i you know how somebody's got to do a, a study on how many deaths were caused by lawn darts we have this thing called google i think i'm going to yeah. use it i'm going to type this <laughs> in i'm actually moving the microphone away from my easy chair here how many people <laughs> died from lawn darts over a 10-year period? <laughs> over a 10-year period, 6,700 people in the United States were treated in a hospital for injuries from lawn darts. Wow. Wow. That's, I, I mean, that's that's fantastic. But man, we we need lawn darts back. We, we need we need to look. When I was a kid, now and and I'm guilty of this with my kids myself. Because yeah. when I was a kid, I, I I was running around barefoot out in the backyard. We had a yeah. tent set up, and I don't know how this happened, but a tent stake went straight through my foot. Yes, and. And and once I had kids, I never let them run around barefoot. Right. They 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 went outside plenty, but I I made sure that they had shoes on. Yep. Because that was such a painful lesson <laughs> for me. Yep. I really didn't want my kids to experience that same kind of lesson. So, I mean, I'm I'm partially to blame. My son has never had a tent stake go through his foot. <laughs> my daughter has never been has never stepped on a bee and been stung by a bee. Um, and you know what? Maybe maybe we need to incur some more bee stings in our society. <laughs> Here's anyway, a, what prompted that discussion? <laughs> I, uh, there was a, so you see, the thing is, <laughs> back in 1985, I was inspired by Marty McFly. And I had a skateboard, not exactly like Marty McFly's skateboard. It was one of those big, huge, wide and long skateboards, you know. Sure. They're probably a foot wide and three feet long. And I wrote and I rode that. Yeah. I, I rode it everywhere. That was my form of transportation. And there was this road that I I used to I came down and I hit like a pebble or something going down the hill. And two cars were 
<laughs> intersecting right at right right in front of me. They passed each they passed each other at the T junction. And I spilled and I rolled <laughs> right between the two of them just as they were going by. And there's his father with his two daughters there. <laughs> and after I after I dodged these two cars, I jumped up and I went ta da <laughs> and they were just looking at me and the daughter starts like screaming ah! and I look and there's this blood gushing from my elbow because I scraped myself oh, something horrible and you hear this pit, 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 with the blood dripping on the pavement <laughs> And this poor dad just like took his kids inside and went inside and just locked the door. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I have knee problems today because I laid a moped down in gravel going around the corner, tore my whole knee apart. I, you know, they were picking gravel out of it for hours. I, I wear glasses today because I had a tree branch go th- like through my eyelid and puncture my cornea yeah um you know just fooling around out in the woods with with my buddies playing uh ninja warriors and uh you know he he decided to throw this tree branch at me like a spear and i said hey dude you're gonna hit me in the eye don't throw that at me just block it no you're gonna hit me in the eye do not throw that at me and he threw it and sure isn't Sure as I said, it, it hit me in the eye, and you know, I had the eyelid hanging off, blood everywhere. You know, my kids will never experience that. Yeah, and maybe you know they might be lesser for it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> How do you explain to kids? You know, by the way, when you when you do your own Google search of how many people have died from lawn darts, don't click images, okay? Don't. Don't click images. It, it, no, no good's gonna come of this. But I, 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 I think that there are some, there are some tasks, some simple tasks that kids are just not capable of doing anymore. Um, and when I when I tell people that um, my son was looking for a chore, and because I was working this the second job, I didn't I didn't have time to do my own laundry. So I charge two bucks a bucket, two bucks a laundry bucket. And the thing is that it was just like, he did it. I mean, he, he washed, dried, and fold, put away three buckets of laundry in one night. And somebody had asked me, aren't you afraid of your kid getting your arms stuck in the spin cycle of the washing machine? What? Think about that for a second. I don't even know how that would happen. You would have to be inside it with the lid closed for that to happen. In this day and age, with all the safety devices, it would be impossible for you. I mean, you actually have oh to turn gosh. the power off. You're, you're, you're making my head hurt here. I'm Eric. sorry, but the thing is, is that this is, there are all these, all these little incidents that have asked me to ask the question inspired me to ask this question what has happened to manhood 
Is that an unfair question? What has happened to manhood? Helicopter moms. When I was in um, Cub Scouts with my sons, I was the scout leader for all of all of six weeks. And when one of the busybody moms took over, she was teaching them arts and crafts with paper doilies. And, and 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 how to set a table. All this, all these safe stuff, all these safe things. Because the parents flipped out when. Because the thing is, is that all the kids were supposed to show up for their first club scout meeting, and nobody showed up. I was the only dad there. And it says, "Does," and they, you know, one of the moms says, "Were you, were you ever a boy scout?" And it's like I said, yeah, for about a couple of years, I was I was actually I was a Boy Scout. I wasn't as good as the other other boys were, but I was OK. I was all right. Um, And keep in mind that my, my mother was one of those nervous Nellies who was she was paranoid that something awful would happen to us. And for the longest time, she tried to contain us until we got that first adrenaline rush of, oh, my God, we did something without mom knowing that we did this. We did this behind mom's back and we did this thing. Um, and they said, OK, well, you, you can you can you can you can be the den dad. You can you can be the troop leader. I said, all right. Hey, kids, guess what we're going to learn? And I and, and I got out this old Cub Scout um uh, book that was converted into a uh, PDF that I had on, on, uh, on my tablet, and I said, "This is hey, these are all the things that we're going to learn how to do. Uh, we're going to learn how to make campfires. We're going to learn how to make tourniquets. We're going to learn how to make paths in the woods. Um, all these, you know, how to fish, how how to how to make fishing hooks." out of out of wire you have hanging around it doesn't this sound fun kids and and we'll and we'll have a sleepover parents freaked out because i was going to teach them knife safety wouldn't you think that wow that's great eric fisk is going to teach these, our boys knife safety i i didn't i didn't i didn't last six weeks because i actually wanted to teach them boy things things that boys do and all of these single moms were like, "No, you're not. <laughs> you're not gonna. You're not gonna teach my kids how to, you know, how to safely handle knives. That's my job." And I think that this this question inside my head has has been rattling around longer than I than I initially thought. What happened to manhood? Yeah, it's a good question. I, you know, I don't know that I've thought about it that much, but uh, yeah, good. Uh, I, you know, I don't know how to solve it, to be quite honest with you. And we, we may have to chalk it up to you and I being curmudgeons yelling at people to get off our lawns. Yeah, exactly. Um, and 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 let's just remind our listeners that this week's show is brought to you by Get Off My Lawn. Get off. <laughs> but there's but that also leads to another question what other necessary skills should kids have before they could be considered 
adults like this like the, the jewish community has this concept of bar mitzvah you have to know how to do a, a, some things and read the torah before you can consider yourself a, a man or a woman in the jewish community is there anything any skills that kids in the western society should know before that they can be considered true adults yes I, you know I, I i really think we need to get back to finishing classes yeah um and there's a movement here in the south that has really never died um but there's a there's a big movement to uh to teach kids those social skills um you know etiquette and every man needs to know how to dance with a woman right um every man needs to know how to read and interpret poetry i you know i was just before we came online uh i I was watching uh, the beginning of dead poet society and you you remember robin williams asked those guys asked those boys why do we read poetry yes why do we write poetry language was developed for one endeavor and that is mr anderson come on are you a man or an amoeba uh to communicate. No. To woo women. <laughs> and, you know, men today, boys, they've not been taught how to woo women. And as a result, we got guys running around grabbing girls by the and groping and thinking that's romance. And now, Look at the mess that's gotten us into. Here's a quote. Um, I want to read this out before you go any further. This is such a beautiful quote. We don't read poetry and write poetry because it's cute. We read and write poetry because we are members of the human race. And the human race is filled with passion and medicine and law and business and engineering. These are noble pursuits and necessary to sustain life. That's that's phenomenal. That's that's a phenomenal line right there. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I I think I think every man needs to be taught, you know, manners, etiquette, how to dance, and how to communicate and and romance a woman. Yeah, because. And I'm and I, I'm going to leave this show um, on a on a on another note here because um, Frank Sinatra. Uh, we just we just um, celebrated the anniversary of Frank Sinatra's birth. Um, was it yesterday or today? Uh, you know what? I, I'm going to admit something to you. I have no clue. Okay. I, I did not notice. I, I've been heads down at work, and you know what? I have no clue what's going on around around the world, other than uh, you know there was an election in Alabama that went the way some people wanted it, yep. not the way other people wanted it. That's about all I know. Yeah. Um, Frank Sinatra, born December twelfth, nineteen fifteen, in Hoboken, New Jersey. Um, and <laughs> I mean, 
And here, here's the thing: is that as soon as soon as I I got out from from underneath um, the influence of of my mom and 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 all those all those crazy crones that she she would hang out with every once in a while, and I started to actually go out on dates. I know it's crazy to believe, but there was once a time that um, I was like maybe 120 pounds, 130 pounds, you know, wearing a wearing a canvas work jacket <laughs> um, and uh, um, and, a, and, a, and a vintage fedora that I bought at a uh, at an antique store um, right out of the box, never opened. It's a miracle that I found it. And I was I was playing for my girlfriend at the time, driving a Chevy Chevette. <laughs> the cassette, the cassette deck, the cassette tape, and the speakers cost me more than the actual car itself. But when I played her, um, Frank Sinatra, I think it was the the Capital Years. Um. It was like magic. It was it was like and and this young girl was like, "Oh my god, you're so sweet. I can't you're playing me all this romantic music. I can't say I I my mind says no, but the rest of me says yes." And it was just like you, you, that's 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 how you do it. You you don't you, you don't hang out with like Ryan Seacrest or Billy Bush or whatever his name is with with uh, Donald Trump talking about how you how you grab him in the in the in the hoo-ha. You know, you, if you really care about a woman, you feed her poetry or the, the classics. Even today, it works. Absolutely, it does. And you know what? Well, as you were talking, talking about Frank Sinatra, you know another life skill that we are not teaching our boys? No. I, I, I can imagine you're going to tell me. But there's, let me just put it this way. There are too many to mention. There, there really are how to dress but more importantly how to tie a tie every man needs to know how to tie a decent tie two kinds of ties two kinds of ties a bow tie and just a tie tie let me tell you what i can tie a bow tie but it's the hardest thing I ever had to learn how to do in my life. That's why you practice. It's, it's impossible. But, you know, I, I wear a tie almost every day. Yep. And I can tie a tie in the dark with my eyes closed. I know. Um, and it looks perfect. I mean, when you see pictures of me with a tie, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know how I do it. But I'm able to tie a perfect triangle. Yeah. And and it bugs the crap out of me. I guess it's the half Windsor that yeah. that is like a sideways triangle uh, that irritates the fire out of me. <laughs> and, yeah. And when I see when I see this this is how meticulous I am. When I'm watching a movie or a TV show and and the costumer or the director has not noticed a crooked tie yep. or a, an upturned collar. Oh my God. It completely takes me out of the moment. And I'm just like, please, for God's sake, somebody <laughs> fix that tie. Yeah. You know, so, so, you know, we, we got to teach 
kids and and particularly men because we're talking about masculinity and, yeah. and manhood. We, we got to teach them how to how to dress, how to how to pick out a suit, yeah. how how to know if a suit fits, yeah, you know, um, how to match the right shoes and socks to your shirt and tie. Yeah, I, you know. It, it sounds so vain and so shallow, I know, and there are people listening right now that will get on us and be like, well, you know, you know, you, your your worth isn't determined by how well you dress or not dress, and I, I get that, but, but you know, th- there's a reason why we didn't have some of the problems, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago that we have today, yeah. and, and decorum was was part of it exactly and and you know as as diesel punks again we're not historical reenactors we're not wanting to go back and relive that era eh, maybe a little bit some but ways yeah in some in some ways but but there are ideals there are elements there are principles that were entrenched in that era that we love and and are part it's part of the allure it's part of we love this genre yeah is because we hearken back to those elements and we as diesel punks look for ways to incorporate those things into contemporary culture right and you know for me i'm the, i'm the only guy at my office that wears a coat and tie every day yep I didn't wear a tie today, but I did wear a sports coat. Um, and, and, you know, people are always commenting about it. You know, and, and it used to be that they would say, well, you got an interview today? Now they're just like, now they notice if I don't have a tie on. Yeah. So like today, they yeah. were like, they were like uh, hey, what, what's, are you not feeling well today? Exactly. And, you know, I kind of like that. Yeah. Um, but but we we're missing something there. So you know how to dress, how to, how to read and write poetry, and I think writing it is important. Yeah, you know just as much as reading it. Um, I, I think every man needs to be able to uh, quote some classic literature. Be it Mark Twain or Dickens or, you know, F. Scott Fitzgerald or right. Chaucer or whoever. It doesn't matter. But, uh, you know, being able to, to pull, you know, pull one of those great quotes out of your pocket. Yeah. You know, um, and, and, and like you said, we, we need to know how to change a tire, how to, how to clean a gun, and... How to cut down a tree with only a hunting knife? Exactly. I think I, I think it's crazy how so many kids don't know how to to do just the simplest things that we used to take for granted. It it, it drives me crazy, and it's not that they're it's it, it whose fault is this? You know, well, it's 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 the parents for the most part. I, I'm going to come back to that helicopter parents. Yeah, that's that's going to be my my pat answer from now on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you come into the room and I hear this, 
We got a problem. <laughs> which, <laughs> which means? Well, that was my helicopter noise. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, where's, where's, where's Casey Seville when we need her? Exactly. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So, hey. Before yeah. we go, yeah, I've got some good news. Hit, I've got some really exciting news. Hit me up with some news. First of all, just as an aside, yeah, Last Jedi comes out this Friday night. Super excited about that. But no, last episode, I was on a rant lamenting the fact that Shape of Water was nowhere to be found in Nashville. Exactly. And there were no no advance dates anywhere. This movie released December 1st, limited release, and then uh, additional theaters. Uh, December 8th, it was supposed to be nationwide, um, December 8th. And, and it's slowly trickling out. And now, today, it was finally listed that the Regal cinemas imax cinema at opry mills mall is going to be showing shape of water and uh, it's opening december 20th and you know did did my public ranting and raving on facebook and this podcast make a difference i did send i did send them a copy of of the podcast just to let you know did you I'm just. I thought it would be funny if I did, but no, I didn't. I was. That was. Oh. That was meant to be a, a, a joke. But yeah. Oh, oh, well. Well, yeah. I, you know. Listen. I. I know that Mike Mignola listens to our podcast. Yeah. Um. It's. It's entirely possible that Guillermo del Toro does too. Yes. I mean, <clears throat> Britney Spears follows me on Twitter for crying out loud. All right. <laughs> You, I, you, we have no idea, uh, and 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 the official uh, Walt Disney World uh, Twitter account follows the Diesel Punk Podcast uh, Twitter account. So, yeah. you know, people are out there, and maybe maybe it made a difference. I, I don't know. I, I'd like to think it did. Maybe not. Yeah. But the end of the story is good news. Yeah. Good news. Um. Shape of Water is coming to Nashville December 20th. What a grand Christmas gift for me. Or December 22nd, rather. Right. Friday, December 22nd. And uh, that night, I'm putting out the word right now. If you're in Middle Tennessee, I am hosting a get-together for the viewing at 8 o'clock. Um, we'll, we'll get together earlier around 5, 30, 6 o'clock maybe for some dinner. Um, but because the theater is at the mall, yeah, we're not going to try to eat at the mall because we'll never get in anywhere. No, but um, you know we'll try we'll try to have have a little dinner, and as a group of diesel punks, go see the Shape of Water and just you know have a, have a grand old time and close out the Christmas season or launch the Christmas season yeah. with fun, artistic, beautiful diesel punk. Yep. 
It's a it's a diesel bunk Christmas. That's that's for sure. I think that one of the things just just as we go because I'm 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 getting the uh, I'm getting the eye from the beautiful and talented Mrs. Fisk. Uh, I think the thing is that it was I just know like, that look all too well. I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, from your own wife, I hope. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, Eric, Eric uh, you know, unfortunately, there's something we need to talk about. Um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I will. I need to tell you something here, buddy. I, I, uh, I will. I will tell you. She, she, she has fired a gun. You know. <laughs> But um, I, awesome. I, I do think that in future episodes, we do have to, um, I think we should start a segment. We can either end the show or start the show with um, not, not, not just manly skills, um, but essential diesel punk skills, like how to do something or other, and maybe even start like tutorials on, on YouTube or something on how, on how to do something um and and do something and do it with a little panache a little a little um a, a little retro style panache i think that that's i think i think that that should be a mission for 2018 is sort of like have a place where people can go and learn how to do things like um how to order a fedora from 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 penman hats or um how to tie a tie or how to buy a tie how to buy a proper tie um, I think there should be a whole bunch of tutorials. That, that's not a bad idea. That's really that, that's, not. that's a really great idea. And you know what? As, as you were saying that, something occurred to me. Uh, next week, uh, we're due to have Larry and, and Daisy back on the show with us. Uh, so so let's, let's prep this by uh, saying our next show, we need to get Daisy's perspective yeah. on, on this, this topic. Um, and and get her perspective from a woman. What what do women need to know? Uh, what what are we not teaching girls? And I would love to hear what everybody's diesel punk Christmas tradition is, or what they're doing <clears throat> for Christmas to make it diesel punk. And <clears throat> I want to put that challenge out to our listeners listening to this episode. Send us an email. Um, you can send it, you know, to uh, feedback at Diesel Punk Podcast. What is the email for Fedora Chronicles? Info at the Fedora Chronicles.com. Um, you can send the email there or you can post it to either the Facebook pages. You could private message me or Eric. However you want to do it, post it on D- the Diesel Punks forum on Facebook. Uh, but, but tell us what you do at Christmas that is uniquely diesel punk. And, you know, Christmas in in its contemporary format has its roots in the diesel era. And next episode, Eric, I want to talk about the history of Christmas from the diesel era forward. That's great. That's perfect. That's a perfect place. Yeah, leave it, leave it, leave it on a cliffhanger like that. So Johnny, take us out. So once again, on behalf of myself, Eric Fisk, the Diesel Punk Podcast, and the Fedora Chronicles, swing hard, swing often. We'll catch you on the flip side.
This has been the Fedora Chronicles radio show and a co-production of the Diesel Punk podcast. You can find out more about us by going to our websites, thefedorachronicles.com and dieselpunks.com. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. You can find these links on our homepages. Be sure to visit our sponsors, Chester Cordite, Landron Artifacts, and the Trinity Whip Company. Also, check out the friends of our show, Penman Hats and Reconstructing History. Once again, this is Eric Render King Fisk signing off, and keep your chins up and your fedoras on. <laughs>